welcome to episode 210 of the Various Sundry Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the Vault Studio on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who is bracing for snow later this week, John Scott Sloat. Later this week, by the time this podcast drops, I think we'll have a good bit of snow. Is it supposed to start that soon? I think I think Tuesday, like five to seven a.m. Okay, is when it's supposed to to really come down. Yeah, but you realize the podcast drops at one o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So by the time this podcast drops, we'll, we will have had snow. Okay, but it may it may melt away by then. I think it's supposed to rain also. Yeah, I I am I, I am by nature a. Uh, non-hype person on the snow. You're you're a meteorologist truther, huh? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I see the projections of three to six. Okay, so we're getting like an inch. Yeah, you know, and especially as the projections go higher, you know. Oh gosh, eight to twelve. So you're talking four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's always and the ranges get bigger the higher you go. Yes. We got of anywhere from like six to 24 inches. <laughs> right. Like, that's six inches or two feet. That's yeah, a that, big difference. Those are, those are significant differences. Yes. 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 Are you are, are you eager to get your little electrical uh, snowblower out? And uh... I don't know if for this one I'll do it um, because on Tuesday it's supposed to rain as mm. well. And that might just wash it all away. Let's hope. But – I am more interested – like I think Friday and Saturday we're supposed to get some good snow also. Okay. All right. So we need to keep keep an eye out. Okay. Yes. Well, if you'd like to get in touch with the show and talk meteorology with John, you can find us on Twitter at VNSPod. You can email the show at variousandsundrypodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook and on YouTube and we would love for you to leave a five-star rating and a review. Before we get into sports, I, I think we have to uh, circle back to last week's topic. <laughs> oh, yeah. I kind of forgot about last week's topic. Yeah. What did we talk about? We talked about Harvard. Yeah. And we kind of joked in there that by the time this drops, even though we were recording on Tuesday morning, yes, that the president of Harvard would resign yes. by the time our podcast dropped. Yes. And I think that happened. I think we were within 45 minutes. The app dropped at 1.00. I think she resigned about 145. That's incredible. <laughs> the the influence of our listeners. There's a lot of power that comes with these microphones. We have to be careful about how we use that. You know, the whole with with great power comes great responsibility uh, shtick. Yeah, Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, but uh, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty wild that she resigned within minutes of our podcast dropping. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, draw your own conclusions about <laughs> causation and correlation. Uh, but uh, – and and as we as we correctly predicted, um, she resigned from being president but kept her faculty role. And her faculty uh, salary was released also. Did you see that? Did uh, you see what she makes as a faculty salary? 900 grand. Yeah. I think it was – I think it was like 850. But yes. Yeah. Yes. Too much money, and apparently, the the board, they, her and the board came to this conclusion when she was on holiday in Rome. Yeah, yeah, 
Ah, uh, Rome. I mean, look, John, she's being persecuted. She's got it very rough. I, I think we just need to, you know. I'd love to have it that rough. We, we, we need to, to, <laughs> to empathize with the incredible, unbelievable suffering this, this woman is enduring with that $900,000 salary. Oh, goodness. 900000 it's, it's tough. That's a good salary. That's a very good salary. And ironically, again, the if any of her students did the kind of plagiarism that she has been clearly demonstrated to have done, they would at least fail a course if not be expelled from Harvard kind mm-hmm. of thing. So, I mean, how, how does she – She didn't apologize for it either. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, there was no – yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I've made mistakes since it was – nope, those awful right-wing fanatics are out to destroy me and – yeah. Anyway, uh, our intention is not to uh, uh, fire anybody this week, correct? I, I hope not. <laughs> uh, but that's a good transition point to sports uh, because it is uh, Black Monday. Yeah, as in we record, it is Black Monday. Yes. So um, a few coaches have already lost their jobs, right? The, the Falcons coach, it's Arthur Smith, I think. I think. Uh, he's the owner. Okay. Uh, okay. I think that – didn't the Falcons fire their coach? I thought they did. I could be mistaken. I know the commanders did. Yes. Um, and there's there's a good bit of buzz that uh, Belichick might be out in uh, New England. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Not Nothing as of yet. So uh, as of one twenty on Monday afternoon. But yeah, the there's talk of him landing somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. And continuing to coach football, which is just wild. I mean, though, again, I I forget what the exact numbers were, but somebody pointed out, here's his record without Brady. Yeah. Here's his record with Brady. I mean, obviously with Brady, he, he was unreal. Uh, but in any case, uh, let's go ahead and talk NFL football. Um, you, do you want to give a postmortem on the Jets season? Yeah, it's it's a hard season to judge. Um Clearly, the the offensive line is not what it should have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Rodgers getting hurt obviously <clears throat> derailed the season entirely. Uh, but it's hard to it's hard for me to go like, okay, we are seven. Uh, we finished the season seven and ten. Yeah. W- insert Rodgers into that. Is he? Does he get four more wins for us? Five? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's know. just hard to say. I mean, that offensive line was bad, mm-hmm. but Rodgers is very very good. Um, so yeah. I, yeah, I just don't know what what that ultimately looks like. But ultimately, isn't that the expectation that they're going to keep everybody and run it back? That's May, maybe try to upgrade the offensive line. Yep, yep. They're they're talking about upgrading the offensive line and um, dra- maybe drafting some offensive linemen and. Mm-hmm. Some maybe another offensive weapon. So they really only have um, Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson on the offense, who yeah. are really big playmakers. Yeah, and they have the tenth. No, what pick do they tenth. have? Tenth? tenth. Okay, they might be able to get an, a wide receiver at that spot. They're not going to get Marvin Harrison at ten. No, no. But uh, um, Rome Odunze, I think, is is the is the kid from Washington. Okay, I think he's really good. Um. So who knows? Uh, any interest in trading for Justin Fields? 
as a backup to then turn the keys over to him. Because you're really only going to get what? One, one to two. One to yeah. two years out of Rodgers. One to two more years out of Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, yes, depends on the asking price. Mm-hmm. I My sense is that the Bears want a lot. Yeah. And I don't know that we're willing to give that. Yeah. I, I don't know that I would be willing to give that. I don't, yeah. I don't want to speak for Jets management. But uh, yeah, I would have interest in that. I think Justin Fields is a good quarterback. And if he had a decent offensive line and some playmakers around him, he'd be pretty good. And and coaches who understood how to use him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it'll well, be Well, I, I don't know if that's, that would change that much. <laughs> with the, the but. Well, I, I think uh, – It'll be interesting to see what Chicago does. Mm-hmm. Um, they finished seven and ten, and same record ha- as the Jets, and they have the number one pick and the number like what five six. Uh, I think it's higher than that because it's their own pick mm-hmm. at, at like nine or ten, nine or eleven, somewhere in there. That's right around the Jets' pick at ten, yeah. I think. So that'll be interesting to see um, if they decide. Let's start over with Caleb Williams of USC. Uh, I think his his I think he his prospects are a little overinflated. Caleb Williams, like I don't think he's as good as people. Some at least some are saying by virtue of playing at USC. Um, I mean that's part of it. I I, I just and maybe this is just there, there's a phrase that's being used that it, it's overused now. Generational <laughs> talent. Do you understand that by the nature of that term, it's sort of a this kind of talent comes along once a generation kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. like, like that's, the, that's the meaning of the phrase generational talent. Yeah. There sure seem to be a lot of generational talents around these days yeah. in the college ranks. So, Who would you name – who would you give the label to? Generational talent. In part, it's hard to give out that until five years after the draft. Yeah. You know, until they've had a career. Peyton Manning, generational talent. Uh, sure. Yeah, that's probably fair. Pat Mahomes? I don't know. I, I have a hard time separating out my feelings about Pat Mahomes to give an honest assessment of him. Hmm. Um, I, I've grown weary of the uh, of the media love for Pat, Patrick Mahomes. Like he does anything and it's like, oh my gosh, who else can do that? <laughs> well, probably about 32 other guys in the league can do that. Yeah. You know. Uh, Tom Brady, generational talent. I don't, th- I don't think so. Like, it seems crazy to say that I don't think Tom Brady was. Um, like, I think there were other more talented quarterbacks than him that come to mind before him. I just think between his mind and his uh, and his coaching, he he became the. The best, the most successful quarterback in NFL history. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, generational talent. Again, I'm I'm trying to keep that term very narrow. I'm I'm just trying to name some big big time quarterbacks over the last ten, sure. twelve years. Right. Um, again, I think like somebody who is even separates themselves from the best of the best kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That that's what I'm kind of thinking of there in terms of that. But Okay. NFL playoffs. Okay. Uh so the uh the 
matchups are set. The one seeds in the uh, in, in both conferences, uh, AFC the Ravens, which I think is a little bit of a surprise. And the NFC one seed is the 49ers. They get the weekend off. Yep. Um, so uh, Saturday you've got Browns and Texans, four versus five. Even though, and this is one of the flaws with the NFL playoffs. Um, uh, maybe it's not for this game. Uh, it's it's in the NFC. That's what I'm thinking of. That divisional winners automatically get a higher seed than wild card berths, even if the wild card team has a better record. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Um, in any case, uh, Texans and Browns. Uh, shout out to C.J. Stroud. He's yeah, been great. He's, he's had a good season. He's been great. He's had a good season. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, despite the fact that he's a Christian, you, you still appreciate him. Um, do I do I dislike people because they're Christians? Uh, you tend to like dislike Christian athletes. I like I dislike Tim Tebow. Is that <laughs> is that what we're basing this on? Uh, l- largely, largely others. Yes. Um. You seem to be averse to athletes. Um, well, I will not put words in your mouth. <laughs> what is it you don't like about Tim Tebow? Uh, Tim Tim Tebow has built up an enterprise around his faith, and that bothers me. Okay, and built up, and I, and I think he's genuine about his desire to do good okay. um, in the world, but. Just built up revenue streams around him being a conservative Christian athlete. Okay. A lot of revenue streams. And that's bothersome to me. Okay. Okay. But I didn't know CJ. I didn't know that about CJ. He is an outspoken Christian. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like evangelical Christian yes. or yes. – Okay. Anyway, uh, he's had a great season. Um, I mean that team was what? Three and fourteen last year. Uh, bad. Yes, very bad. I and mean, they had the number one pick or number two pick. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are nine and eight. Is that how they got in? I believe so. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's he is he has turned that that thing around. Um, hard to know what to make of the Browns. They have a great defense, but they do have the spring chicken Joe Flacco <laughs> playing quarterback for them. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's had a great great yeah. time there. Joe Flacco, who I believe was earlier this week or maybe it was last week, said, um, "I wanted to play for the Jets this year when Aaron Rodgers went down." Yep, and the Jets had no interest in me because mm-hmm. we had him had him the year before. Okay, yeah, uh, one of several mistakes. Now, I also think the Browns have a better offensive line and would have protected. Uh, have, has given him the opportunity sure. that I don't think the Jets would. I don't think he would have had the success with the Jets personally. Uh, Dolphins and Chiefs on Saturday night on Peacock, by the way. So if you don't have a Peacock subscription, you're going to have to pony up, pony up four few, bucks, uh, five few, bucks, whatever bucks. it costs. I think it's like that. Yeah. Um, and then Sunday, you've got Steelers at Bills. The Bills turned it around, won their last five out of six, I think, or last five maybe to to get in the playoffs. I think that's an actually. I, I think that's a good game. I, I would. I, here's why. Here's why it could be a good game. Josh Allen turns the ball over at so a staggering much. rate. Mm-hmm. Staggering rate. And the Steelers still have a very good defense. Yeah, but their offense is terrible. 
um, Packers against Cowboys, uh, and then Rams against Lions, which, by the way, can we just reiterate how much the Lions got hosed? Because if they would have won that game against the Cowboys, I think they would have been the number one yeah. seed and therefore had a bye. But anyway, you've got Rams against – so Rams at the Lions. Those two teams traded quarterbacks like three years ago. Yes, yes. So now you have Matthew Stafford for the Rams going back to Detroit where he played for the first like eight, ten years of his career or whatever it was. Feels like forever he was yeah. there. And then Monday night you've got Eagles at Buccaneers. And that could be a good game. Could be. The Eagles are, are The are, Eagles are, are a little Jekyll Hyde. Yeah. 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 So anyway, um, it's a good weekend of football. Yes. Wildcard weekend is a good weekend. This past weekend with – the Bills was fascinating to watch play out because it was like, well, the Bills could either be the two seed or out of the playoffs entirely. Yeah. yeah which AFC is jumbled. Yeah, which which is one of the reasons I love the NFL. What a what a fantastic high stakes weekend. Yeah, for sure. Um Okay. Uh I think before the year my Super Bowl pick was 49ers and Bills. I can't remember who you went. I have no recollection of who I went with. Okay. I think you went with other teams just to be contrarian or just to be different. Contrarian is the wrong word. Different. To have some parody in the the pod. Sure. Um, I have no confidence in the Bills. They could get hot and win it all. They really could. Or they could get beat by the Steelers in the first round. I think we are contractually obligated to mention that the college football national title game Tonight, as we record, by the time you listen to this, it'll already be decided. And we'll see if we're living in a world where the team up north wins a national championship that'll be vacated in two years. <laughs> we'll see. But rooting for the Huskies for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, John. You ready to move on? Sure, sure. All right. Today, we're going to step in it. We're going to step on some toes at least. Today we're talking about why churches should not cancel services around the holidays. Yep. Uh, John, what has prompted this discussion? Well, I mean we did just get – it seems like a regular occurrence each year this conversation comes up is the Sunday after Christmas. uh, Or in this case the Sunday before. Both, typically, at times. Really? Yeah. The Sunday before Christmas gets canceled? Well, or Sunday, if Christmas is on a Sunday, churches, some churches will cancel. On 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 Christmas Christmas morning. Yeah. 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 That that happened. Was that last year that happened? Yes. I I think that's right. Um, But this year, it was the week after, which I think traditionally is Youth Pastor Appreciation Day for the most part, where (laughs) youth pastors from around the country get a hold of the pulpit the Sunday after Christmas, also one of the least attended Sundays of the year, right up there with Father's Day. Father's Day is up there? Father's Day is up there, yeah. Is that because people are out doing things with dad or – I did not know this. Um, I, I always remember like like when I was an intern at a church, every summer we would talk about Sundays where families don't show up. They always show up on Mother's Day. They don't show up on Father's Day. Hmm. Interesting. Mom wants to be in church. Dad doesn't was sort of the – That's probably at least partially true. 
though, and this is definitely a sidebar here. Uh, I think part of that is because the stereotypical sermons for those days are very different. <laughs> yeah. Mother's Day is, oh my gosh, moms are amazing. Here's a flower. The, the yeah. world revolves around moms. Father's Day is, get your act together, men. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, if that's the case, then you can understand maybe why dad doesn't want to go to church on Sunday. Anyway. Sure. Um, anyway. But uh, a trend probably, what, over the last 10 years has this happened more and more? Sure. Where churches have uh, said um, – because we've just gotten through a busy season, the fall, Christmas Eve, Christmas, right. uh, we're we're going to not have services between Christmas and New Year's, basically. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and they've sort of given the – we're going to give everybody a break. Uh, we're going to give our volunteers a break. Um, those sorts of things. Uh, now, big picture, that's what prompted this conversation. Yeah. Do you want me to do the little picture? Sure. Why not? The smaller picture (laughs) is our beloved and well-loved by this podcast pastor of ours posted on Facebook, churches should not cancel services. It was literally that simple, like one sentence. That was the first post. It created a firestorm. I, th- I think is a f- is that a fair assessment? A robust discussion <laughs> in the comments um, about when is it okay to cancel services and when is it not okay to cancel mm-hmm. services? Yeah, uh, and he actually had a clarifying post later on that was that was quite good, um, lengthy, uh, outlining yeah. why he stands by his original statement while also noting like my original statement. Has room for nuance in it as well, and some yeah. some different things. So that's yeah. what prompted this conversation. Yeah, we always appreciate our pastor giving us uh, content. Yeah, <laughs> does he know we're doing this today? No. Okay, I didn't tell him, but I didn't tell him either. But he will. I mean, he is one of the earliest listeners to the podcast. Like when it launches, he's like a uh, it launches at one. He's like a one hundred and five listener. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder if we're in his calendar to listen to the podcast at <laughs> one o'clock on uh, on Tuesdays. That's a fair question. That's a fair question. Um, so, uh, yeah, he he posted a lengthy kind of clarification explanation, um, and so I think uh, that was that was really helpful. Um, but so yes, that is the sort of the smaller. Uh, the the smaller reason for doing this. Um, yeah, it's a long post. Um, so, okay, John, let's talk a little bit about, about why why churches do this. You mentioned it, but let's kind of unpack that just a little bit in terms of uh, – and I'll give you a chance to respond to these reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, Giving the pastoral – the pastors slash staff a break. Mm-hmm. Respond to that. Um, like they do say that. Yes. Uh, no, they, but, but – yeah. Why is this insufficient? Is that yeah. what you're asking? Or, or why, why is this not – why is this not a valid reason to cancel all services and just be like nothing's happening? Well, f- fundamentally for, for me, it gets back to why do we meet on Sunday? Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, we meet on Sunday because uh, to, to 
to remember that the Lord Jesus has risen. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the name of in the name of rest, we're we're missing a bigger piece of who is the ultimate rest mm-hmm. uh, in that. Mm-hmm. And so to say to say like, well, we want to give everybody rest, or we want to give everybody a break, we want to give our staff a break, you know, or yeah. uh, uh, I think I think they often say the band or our volunteers a break as well. It's mm-hmm. it's just like we're fundamentally missing something about what church is and why we meet weekly. Yeah. Um, so that that's my response to that. Okay. Um, so yeah, and, and I agree. I I I think that what that what that makes me wonder is, do you really understand what happens on the Sunday gathering? Mm-hmm. That it's not just a sort of check the box. We put on a show every Sunday kind of thing. It's a we enter into the presence of God together yeah. with our spiritual family and enter into the worship that is already going on in heaven right now mm-hmm. around the throne 24-7 and that we enter into that. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, it's – that's a big part of it to me is the – I really don't think we get what that Sunday gathering is designed by God to do, that nothing else is designed to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Like you can sing songs in your in the privacy of your own home. You can do that. You can read the Bible in the privacy of your own home. You can watch an online sermon. Yeah. All those things you can do on your own by yourself. But that's not corporate worship. There is a dynamic that happens when your own spiritual family gathers together to sing, to pray, to converse, to hear God's word preached, uh, to give, to celebrate the Lord's table, all those sorts of things that cannot be replicated by yourself. And it's so vital to the life of the Christian that it just makes me wonder if you're like, oh, well, we, we can, we, we can, you know, we don't need to meet for a week. I just wonder, do you not get what that, what, what, what this is designed to do? Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to respond to the sort of the pragmatic level of things. Now, I, I'm, I, th- I think we're we're talking much more about the the large church approach here, not the um, well, we're a small church of twenty five people, which is basically like four families, and three of them are going out of town for the holidays and won't sure, be around. Sure. Okay, that's a little different discussion mm-hmm. than. The big church that's got three services and all of the apparatus. Mm-hmm. I just want to say, uh, have you considered not having all of the apparatus for the service? Don't have nursery. Don't have childcare. Have one person play the piano or play the guitar and lead singing. Mm-hmm. Have a pared down sermon. Have a pared down sermon. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like you don't have to do all of the big things to have a service. Yeah. And if that means some people won't show up, then that's that's them. I, you know, I don't think that's a great thing. You know, like even just preparing people like, yeah, like all the kids are going to be in here. It's probably going to be a little noisy. Yeah. You know, OK, well, I think we can deal with that for a week, you yeah. know. For the sake of worshiping together, embrace it. 
There is also um, when, and I'm, I'm formulating this thought in my mind as I'm saying it, so bear with me. And we may just be like, <laughs> that was not useful whatsoever at the end of this. Well, we don't edit content out. Um, yeah, so everybody's going to hear it. <laughs> but th there is something about um, when pragmatism is your ult ult your controlling principle. Mm -hmm. um, what you know, you know, the things that you say are your principles and that are important to you are all up for grabs at that point. Yeah. And so I do I do fear the sort of just like pragmatic sort of just like, well, we're going to, you know, yes, mm -hmm. Gathering Sunday is very important. But uh, because of these pragmatic realities, we're going to yeah. we're going to uh, we're going to break away from one of our principles. And I, I also want to say like, I am all for loving your pastor at pastor, pastors, and staff well. But it doesn't just have to be during this time of the year. Yeah. Like, love them well the whole year. So maybe instead of giving the pastors the break at Christmas and New Year's by shutting everything down, maybe you give them the break during July mm -hmm. or April or October. And, and a lot of the points that we'll make are um, are in our pastor's actual Facebook post. It's very thorough. Yeah. Here's one point he didn't make, and I don't think he can. I don't think he can make this because it comes across as too self-serving. So I think as, it's one of those things where a pastor probably can't say this because it comes across as too self-serving. Okay. It's kind of what you signed up for. <laughs> Like, and I don't say that lightly, but if you're a cop, if you're a firefighter, if you're a nurse, you end up working holidays. Mm -hmm. You'll have some shifts where you work on Thanksgiving Day or Christmas Day or Christmas Eve or inconvenient times. That's just the nature of those kinds of jobs. Can I humbly submit – that perhaps part of the nature of being a pastor is that you can't get away for Christmas oftentimes. Yeah. I don't mean that – I don't. I'm try, and I'm not trying to sound insensitive or just matter of fact about it. But it's we, – we accept that principle in so many other fields of work. Yeah. That there are just things that come with the job and some jobs mean you don't get certain days off. I think that's kind of true with pastors. Like we should expect pastors to probably be around and working during Christmas. Yeah. And this is why a number of them take off Fridays or Mondays. Yeah. And have those days off. And I get that that can create complications with celebrating Christmas with family and that sort of stuff. I get that. Oh, but, yeah. Absolutely. But so can being – a cop or a doctor or a nurse or a firefighter, other professions that, you know, sometimes they don't get to celebrate Christmas with their family because they have to work a shift that day. Yeah. So I know our pastor really can't probably say that because he feels like it's too directly kind of taking a shot maybe at fellow pastors. And that's the last thing that our pastor wants to do. Yeah. So I'm just going to speak for myself in saying – I think it's kind of part of the job and that um, it's kind of part of what you sign up for mm -hmm. and that there are other ways to love your pastors and your staff well. 
by giving them breaks during the year rather than being like, we're going to work them like dogs the whole year. Yeah. And then nothing happens on the Sunday of New Year's. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's better ways. Yeah. Okay. Um, other, other thoughts on why churches should not cancel services like this. Again, we can all make the the caveat. Of course, there's a place for canceling a service if the weather is you know awful and yeah you know that that's a safety concern. Mm-hmm. That's a legitimate. We don't want people driving Th- on the physical road. safety. Physical safety. Yep. Yeah, that that makes sense. But that's not what we're talking about here. Other things that come to mind when you think about why um, why churches should not cancel service around that. Um, well, I know one thing that came up that that Eileen saw on uh, Twitter a little bit is that a number of uh, <coughs> a number of churches were canceling with the explicit, "Hey, this is a great time for you to spend with your biological family." Yeah, this is this, you know forego the church family, but but spend time with your biological family and have a private devotion or or things like that. And it does seem like mm-hmm. there's a a potential danger in mm-hmm. uh, uh, overvaluing the biological family versus the, um, the 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 spiritual family. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I think. Did you see that one on Twitter as well mm-hmm. out there? Yeah, yeah. And I think I think uh, our pastor makes that point as well in his post. Um, that's not an automatic sort of like you're definitely doing this if you do this, but it it is a concern to be sensitive to of. Uh, undervaluing spiritual family and overvaluing biological family. And I also want to say, why does it have to be an either or in these circumstances? Yeah. Oftentimes it does not need to be. Just go to church. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I, I, I don't know why it has to be an either or in about probably 90% of the circumstances. Um, yeah, I just don't think – I don't think that's – um, I think it's a false dichotomy oftentimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean I remember – so Christmas was on a Sunday last year. Last year. Well, 2022. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and we were out in Omaha with, um, with Kate's family and we went uh, – it was actually nice. Like went to church in the morning, came, came back, had a meal, opened gifts. Like it stretched out the whole day mm. and uh, it was just a rich time of of enjoying each other, opening gifts, that sort of stuff. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. And I remember having a conversation with uh, our new worship leader, Ben, our Brit. Oh, yeah. He's like in – he's like, my goodness, in, in England – we do like multiple – we like two services on Christmas Eve and then like Christmas morning. Like everybody goes to church on Christmas morning. Like it's just – like the he, – he was dumbfounded by the <laughs> – this very American like – what do you mean you don't go to church? Like we go to church on Christmas morning even if it's on a Tuesday kind of thing. Like, like they have special services on, on Christmas, Christmas Day hmm. even if it's not on a Sunday. Uh, speaking of our new worship leader, yeah, there was a good bit of sneering in the congregation yesterday when he goes one John. That's the British way. I know, 
I know. Well, then uh, somebody stood. Did you catch this? <laughs> yes. Somebody stood up to read a passage of scripture. I can't remember what book they were they were reading out of. Do you remember? But it was one that had first, second, or yeah, third. And they go one Corinthians or something like yeah. that. And I'm just like, oh, we can't start doing this. We we this is not something we can adopt as a church. Okay, but be honest. Is it because of Trump? No, no, during no, the no, campaign. No, no. no. This years is ago. this is a this is a. I separated from England a number of years ago in 1776. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I I I am not offended by the <laughs> one Peter one John. I will not adopt it myself, but uh, I'm not offended by it. I, I'm I'm more tempted to pick up Isaiah than I am to pick up one Peter one John mm. etc. Yeah. When people say Isaiah, I always go like, "What are they talking about?" And then, and then I, I have to connect those dots. Yeah. Though here's the thing, I feel like if I did that, it would look, it would look like you're trying too hard, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You're, absolutely. You're trying too hard. Just, absolutely. Yeah. I can't pull it off. I have no reasonable reason to do that, no. other than trying to sound pretentious. Yes. Yes. So. And it would. It would sound very pretentious. <laughs> you. you... <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. Anything else you want to add? I don't think so. I'm sure Ben will appreciate the shout out there. So, all right. Time now for This Day in Sports History. Okay. This Day in Sports History, January 9th. January 9th. Twenty. We're in 2024 here. Yep. I'm trying to get used to saying that. Uh, 1958 in college basketball, uh, Oscar Robertson of Cincinnati outscores Seton Hall by himself. 56-54. That's impressive. I assume they won that game they by did. more than two. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 1972, led by future Lakers star Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Milwaukee Bucks beat uh, the Lakers 120-104, ending LA's consecutive win streak at 33, the longest winning streak uh, in Major League Sports history. Yeah, so Kareem was with the Bucks before that, before mm-hmm. it was the Lakers, yep. Uh, 1977, Super Bowl eleven uh, at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. Oakland Raiders beat uh, the Minnesota Vikings 32-14. MVP, Fred uh, Biltenikoff. <laughs> How'd I do? That's, <laughs> That's way off. That's not even close. Bolitnikoff. Bolitnikoff, uh, a wide receiver for uh, the Oakland Raiders. Not the L.A. Raiders, not the Las Vegas Raiders. Correct. The Oakland. Yes, and now the award for the best receiver in college football every year is the Bolitnikoff Award, named after this man. Ah, wonderful. Uh, 1991, baseball. Good to see that word. Um, Officially bans Pete Rose from being elected to the Hall of Fame for betting on baseball. Mm. Pete Rose ever get in the Hall of Fame, you think? Man, I don't know. After he's dead. Yeah, that's my that's my theory. I think he's got he a shot. Mm-hmm. But it all gets back to yeah, I think you have to be consistent with what you're doing with the Hall of Fame. I'm for putting guys like that in there and just putting explanations on the plaques. Like, you know, go ahead, put Barry Bonds in there. And then a paragraph on the plaque. Like he was alleged to have used this. You know, he played during the steroid yeah. era. Whatever you want to put in there, I'm fine with that. Hmm. 
Uh, have you been to Cooperstown, by the way? No. We should do a pod from Cooperstown. That, that, that would require us going. I know. <laughs> That's a long drive. Well, surely, I mean, we got some people in upstate New York that we know. It's still a long drive to get there or I, a flight. I, yeah, yeah, but it, Cooperstown would, I don't know, I've never been, but it feels like that would be a good time. I've been to the Basketball Hall of Fame in um, wherever that is in Massachusetts, Springfield, Massachusetts. Have you done the Football Hall of Fame? Surprisingly, I have not. Canton, Ohio. Even though it's in Ohio. It's, I've it's, been a couple of times. Yeah. Not since high school, but it's nice. It's a okay. good time. Uh, where was I? 1998. Uh, oh, boy. Um, Anatoly Karpov <laughs> defeats uh, this wanathon. Uh Anand to retain his chess title. Epic match. Yeah, you. you <laughs> when you know how to pronounce the names, you always correct. But when you don't, you just sort of let it float out there. I think I think you're pretty much on tra- on target there. Anatoly Karpov and Viswanathan or Viswanathan Anand. Man. And last uh, but certainly not least, 2023 College Football National Championship at SoFi Stadium. In California, number one Georgia beats TCU uh, by the very close game of 65-7. to seven. Yes, it was a thumping. 58-point uh, victory is the most lopsided championship game in history. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. In history. Yes, I do not expect that to be the case tonight. I don't think the margin will be 58 points either way. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Who do you like out of that? Oh, my goodness. Uh, maybe Oscar? What do you think of Oscar? I like Oscar Robertson. I think he's a, uh undervalued basketball great. Um, I'm just trying to look through here. I, we've done – I think we've done Oscar uh, at least once or twice before potentially. Um, we've done Kareem before for sure. Yeah, for sure. Definitely done Pete Rose before as well. Um, but I'm good with Oscar. I don't feel like we've done a ton with him. Let's yeah. go with that. And it's a pretty impressive accomplishment, outscoring a team by yourself. Yeah, you see that at the high school level. Some Not not all the time, but like it's not uncommon at the high school level sure. where you've got a great high school basketball player that just dominates. But um, at the at the major – at the Division One college level, that just doesn't happen. Yeah. So – all right. One thing you liked. Uh, I am going to go with the new look New York Knicks. <laughs> they are undefeated since they've traded for their new uh, their new uh, I think small forward uh, who uh, uh, Lee in Indiana texted me the pronunciation to his name. I still don't know how to pronounce it, but uh, they they are undefeated and I beat. The Sixers by thirty points. Wow! Or excuse me, the uh, the Seventy Sixers by thirty points, and uh, yeah, they've they've had a. It's been a lot of fun. Been a lot of fun. So you're now starting to pay attention to the NBA. As Knicks are on a four or five game winning streak now, yeah, this is getting exciting. Okay. Yes, uh, it was brought up in the house. Um, we're talking. We're talking about rugby, actually, and then my wife says to me. You've got to revive your interest in cricket. I said, that's more of a summer thing for me. Yeah. Um, 
So she was suggesting it would be my new evangelistic ministry this upcoming summer because there's a group of Indians in our town that play regularly. Mm. So we'll see if that happens. Uh, I'm going to go with a book that I started. You would enjoy this book. You should put it on your list. Really? What's the name of it? It is Andrew Wilson, Remaking the World. I've heard of this. I've heard of this. It is excellent. Now, I'm only a few chapters in, but basically it's about how the year 1776 basically created the modern world. And he, and what's what's interesting and it's not just it's not it's it's hardly even mentions or very little about the American Revolutionary War. It's about all these other things that happened in 1776 that contributed to our uh, contemporary um, culture. Hmm. Uh, he is a pastor in London. Is he in London? Okay. But he uh, has degrees in history and theology from Cambridge and King's College in London. So he's a very intelligent man. Hmm. Um, so it's well written. It's also in the first couple chapters. I just finished a section where he weaves in um, a whole string of um, pop culture references and explains how they illustrate some of the larger cultural trends that started back in, you know, 1776 or were accelerated in 1776. He had a whole section in there on the on the uh on the musical Hamilton, hmm. which would have warmed your heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh yeah, so that is uh, I've started it. It's excellent. I actually had a conversation with him uh, at Gospel Coalition. Oh yeah, back in September. So, seems like a good dude. So that is my one thing I liked. Wonderful. All right, we have talked NFL football playoffs. Playoffs. We have talked why canceling service around New Year's or holidays is uh, not what you should do. Mm-hmm. We have talked about Oscar Robertson. We have talked about the new look New York Knickerbockers. Mm -hmm. And we have talked about remaking the world. And so I think by definition, we have covered our various and sundry topics. And all that's left to say is, until next time, the world will show real good. Later. Later.